We protect what we love. That is beautiful, which is produced by the inner need, which springs from the soul. Nature is my medicine. Three out of the tens of profound phrases that Marganita Hughes, a nature art educator and special education teacher, says and writes from the British Columbian breathtaking mountains, addressing educators all over the world about our inner beauty that is intertwined with that of nature. I have long been a person and an educator who strongly believes in our inner beauty that is part of nature, Mother Earth. Whatever scientists, doctors, engineers, philosophers have done throughout history stems out of nature. And unfortunately, education systems have separated all that wisdom into school subjects, and that's how this wisdom got dissipated, and so was much of our balance, inner beauty, and coherence. That's what I stands for in my orbits approach, O-R-B-I-T-S, that I have developed during, in my, during my past 20 years. Integrate your mind and emotion in the daily tasks and school improvement processes. It is at this intersection point that Marganita and I meet. This is our nature, this is your nature, and we are all one. Welcome back to Orbitz Consulting. My name is Manal Zainuddin, Global Education Consultant and founder of Orbitz Development Code, an approach for conscious learning and being. This podcast highlights education communities from macro and micro angles, leadership, learning, personal and professional growth across multiple disciplines. Education is holistic and as vast and infinite as the cosmos. As we bring stories, interviews, talks, and projects from around this globe, I extend Plutarch's famous quote that I had posted in all the schools I have worked in, the mind is not a vessel to be filled, but a fire to be kindled. Before I introduce Marganita, I have a quick announcement to make. Celebrating 2021 and aiming at real positive change like so many others on this beautiful planet, I will be launching two initiatives as a contribution from me to our global community under the title, Let's Connect, Let's Endorse Conscious Learning and Being. I am certain that there are tens or hundreds of learners around the world who would love to do something new other, other than just uh, doing schoolwork. I have always created such opportunities for learners when I was a teacher and a director, and now I am so thrilled to extend that globally as a passionate educator and consultant. The first involves learners or students ages uh, 6 to 17, and uh, it incorporates two projects. The first is about sustainability, and the second is about soft skills. Schools can check those learners who are interested, can fill and submit the application form, which you can find on my website, www.orbitsdevelopment.com. Applications are due February 15th, 2021. 
Once the form is reviewed, you will be sent a presentation in PDF form so that you get to know more about the projects and the process. Committees will be formed, a committee for each school, and all these committees will come together to start the fun, the fun of real world learning. There are only two requirements for that. The first is that there should be one adult from each school to be the coordinator for that particular school. The second is a letter of consent from the school administration, which serves as terms of permission for the learners and the coordinator to participate and an agreement on certain regulations that serve all those involved. Needless to say, anything that involves learners must be considered respect, purpose, and security are basics. Neither of these projects will require extra effort or study time from participants. Project kits will be provided to participants, so you only need engagement, curiosity, and teamwork spirit. This is mainly real learning with joy and purpose. The second initiative involves leaders and quality management of school systems as they prepare for 2021-2022. Schools that are interested in redesigning their systems or strengthening their identity and performance can benefit from one of my three programs, Transcape AI Track, Quality Consulting, or Climate and Culture for Schools. You can find a full description of each of these programs on my website, www.orbitsdevelopment.com programs. If you or other leaders you know would like to apply for this complimentary program, please fill and sub submit the form. Again, it's found on the website. I will be selecting two schools, will send them the presentation for more detailed information and start immediately with the first conference. The base will be a plus and delta report that you will receive from me to recommend the program that best suits your needs and aspirations. The rest is the proactive engagement of your team and me through the program material. The only requirement is a letter of sincere cooperation and accountability, which is needed for the full benefit from the programs. I will be dedicating a short episode next week to speak more about these projects. So tune in and feel free to share this announcement with schools you know. Let's connect, let's endorse conscious learning and being. like to add one more thing during the interview you will notice that my guest's voice is very clear while mine is not due to a technical error unfortunately i noticed that after we finished recording so i would really appreciate if you just bear with me this uh, first guest episode and uh, i'm very also blessed with uh, my dear guest marganita who said that's not a problem as long as we have a very very genuine message from our hearts to yours then uh, definitely you will resonate with that so thank you again for being here and let's all welcome marganita marganita hughes is an educator artist author and illustrator deeply committed to reuniting children with the natural world through art she is the founder of educating the heart with nature art an international nature art program which provides solutions for educators, parents, and organizations wishing to reconnect children with nature 
and encourage them to explore and celebrate their creativity. Margarita's art projects focus on the interconnectedness we have with one another and all living things and can be integrated into any curriculum. She has also written and illustrated many children's uh, picture books and is a member of Art Starts. Marganita, I am so pleased to have you as my first guest on this podcast. Uh, I'm so pleased to be here and feel very honored that I am your first guest. That's beautiful, Manel. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, actually, I came across your work through some of your posts uh, about your work in nature and with children. And I remember very well one of the posts in which you shared a photo uh, with a wooden forest road sign uh, that says, let the forest echo with laughter. A little amazing blue fairy of your own creation sitting at the <laughs> bottom of the wooden signpost. And you and one of your adorable uh, girl learners exploring some twigs or collecting some from the ground. That was uh, not pretty clear, but what was clear was that I almost heard that echo and my heart danced in the sweetness and the serenity of that scene. That's when I decided to write to you and we became very close friends and colleagues sharing the same yearning for, yearning for nature and children who are happy, stress-free, smiling and running confidently. It was what I always wished that children would feel, free, happy, Absolutely. confident and engaged in real learning with teachers who are also stress-free, happy and confident. Today we will be talking about all that, your journey, your views about education, and mainly your recommendations and suggestions to all educators around this globe. And here I mean 21st century skills and strategies, including project-based learning and STEAM. We will be selecting best uh, practices that can be applied in schools, which are not necessarily nature schools, including the fact that schools and educational bodies all over the world have been impacted deeply by COVID-19, and technology is unfortunately inevitable in the process. So we will be highlighting the role of art and nature in helping uh, educators and families face mental health issues that have increased also due to the pandemic and mm -hmm. the lockdowns. Mm -hmm. So um, I also invite our listeners to check later a free PDF that is available on your website, uh, www.marganita.com. I find it actually amazing because of the way you portray your own childhood. Uh, my early childhood education was at home and I had three amazing teachers, my mother, my father, and mother nature. So I, this is what you say, and I think this is a great point to start with. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yes, um, I did. I had an amazing childhood. I, I, I really did. Um, and I, I guess that's what I base my whole um, education and educating other children um, and other teachers um, uh, it's deeply rooted in my own early childhood education which was at home until the age of five when I went to school but I had three amazing teachers in my early childhood education as you said my mother my father and uh, mother nature I got to play outdoors all day I mean, literally, we were out from as soon as we got up and went out and played and explored and experimented among the trees, among the birds, um, the flowers and the bees. And um, my parents were both art teachers. Um, so there was art books around the house. There was mat art materials, always accessible, easily accessible for my brothers and my three brothers and myself. 
Um, so we were allowed to explore and experiment with these art materials and there was no agenda. We had this freedom. We had this freedom to um, nurture our own um, ideas and thoughts and passions um, through these beautiful art materials, but also outdoors and nature, exploring and experimenting um, from with fallen branches and building gang huts and making things. I've always made things with my hands. I've always been excited and um, inspired by the natural environment. Um, and I think all children are, but they're just not being given the opportunity to do that. So my early childhood education, I had this freedom um, to be who I needed to be, to grow into who I needed to be. Um, before going off to school. And I think um, early childhood education doesn't allow for that freedom. Um, I think it's very controlled. And that's really where we need to make that shift. And it is, you know, I I was, my, the whole being, my whole being was nurtured when I was young, um, the body, the mind, the heart, and the spirit. And I think being outdoors in nature um, allows for that so much more than being um, contained within um, four walls. This is so true, especially for uh, most children around the world, and also mm -hmm. those children living in urban places as well, living in yeah. apartments when they cannot have access to nature. Well, yeah. this is a privilege, I guess. Yeah. Uh, this brings us to speak about the role of childhood agency in the upbringing of a person. You always speak mm -hmm. about giving children the freedom to explore and take risks. And this is mm -hmm. one of the 21st century skills. How important is that and how can it be applied in today's regular schools? Yeah, I think risk-taking is fundamentally important. It's how we learn about ourselves um, and about our environment around us. Um, where young children are natural risk-takers. They want to experiment and explore what they can actually do, you know, without knowing the outcome. And so risk-taking is about that. Um, and so it could be as simple as jumping from one um, rock to another outdoors. Um, it could be constructing something um, that could be potentially, but they don't know how that's going to work, but we'll just make it work. We'll, we'll experiment and explore. And we might not get, like, say, um, there's tires in the garden and they have planks of wood. And so they're, they're wanting to create a bridge to get over a certain piece of land and so they they construct that they don't know what the outcome is going to be but they're going to try it anyway because it's a thrill it's exciting um, and they may fail and they might fall over and even cut a knee or, or bruise an arm but that's all part of life learning isn't it and we get up and we try again and we keep persisting until we actually do do it so it makes us more resilient um, it makes us stronger and it makes us um, excited to try new things. And life is so challenging, as we have witnessed and, and experiencing right this moment, that it, it is very unpredictable. We don't know what is happening right now. And so we, in that risk-taking, it, it makes us more resilient, it makes us stronger, um, so that we can cope with changes that, um, that we're not sure of um, and so we can walk into that a little bit more stronger. And so, yes, you're saying, so yes, we don't maybe have an outdoor facility. So how do we take these risks? Well, we can do them in, and we could use blocks instead of, since we didn't have um, recycled tires or um, big boulders outside, we can use building blocks in the, in the, in the classroom. Um, 
give some space for the children, allow them to experiment and explore and take those risks um, with the blocks, with some planks of wood. Um, if you don't have it in your classroom, use the gym. If you have a gym in your school, use your, use your gym. Allow them to run a little bit freer, um, a little bit more space. Um, hide and seek is another wonderful one where you're hiding and exploring. You don't know where they're going to be going. Um, a cardboard box, uh, that could be a, a gang hut, that could be a building. Um, putting the roof over it, putting some kind of cover over it, um, that's a risk as well. Of what would that be like? How does that feel? And so all these other things, and a hammer, you know, you're hammering nails into, or um, what these, uh, the golf tees into pumpkins and, and wood. And so experimenting, taking risks with um, tools that they've maybe not been used to. So things like that, give them confidence it builds on the child's confidence, it makes them stronger. And that's what we need right now, is that that strength, that confidence to, you know, I can do this, I can get through this, this is, I'm capable. And I think it is, it's, it's, it's believing in the child's capability. We always say, well, take care, you know, and that's like, as, as soon as you say that, you're thinking they're maybe not capable. So it's, it's, it's giving them that trust that I, I believe that they're capable. Wow, this is so powerful. And I think you and I today are sending out this message to not only to educators, but also to leaders and to parents who might not find this uh, feasible or uh, you know, uh, applicable. Uh, and they might feel that they lose control if they give autonomy to children. And this is what most educators are facing in the world. So I join my voice to you. Uh, today through this episode, well, let's try this because this is yeah. also a chance for them to experiment and learning comes with error, as we always say. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, Marganita, with your type of work, uh, nature education, um, uh, there are no curriculum instruction and assessments in the sense that we know. But today, many educators who are listening to us still operate within the status quo, you know, textbooks, notebooks, tests, standardized yeah. tests. And this is a part of today's world and may need time to change. So I, I have always thought that no matter what we believe in about education, we still need to cater to children and educators who are the majority in this world. So throughout your classes and courses, you work on themes and projects with your children and adults. So how do you think uh, how do you think this can be achieved in regular schools, non-nature, non-Montessori schools? And here I mean with curriculum instruction and assessment. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, I think that we need to just um, relax a little bit more <laughs> and not take everything so seriously. I think there's just this such a seriousness. And we're talking about children. We're not talking about adults Absolutely. here. They're Absolutely. young, young little minds and hearts and bodies that need to grow need to be nurtured and um, with love and with tenderness and with appreciation and honor and respect um so the the, the curriculum is just so academically um, structured um, which it, it, we we have to have academics but i truly believe that we can bring nature and art into um all subjects in school um and that through that, the children are, are being nurtured fully. So that's the, it's the body, the mind, the heart, and the spirit. It's not just about the mind. It's not just about the body. It's, a, it's, 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 it's the complete whole child. Um, 
And the emphasis here is on building relationships, building relationships with each other, building relationships with their environment and learning about themselves. Um, And so we can do this through the curriculum as well. So say we were learning, we had to learn some math. Um, it's as simple as that. We can be doing the counting with natural materials. So they're forming a relationship with the natural materials outside. Um, symmetry. Um, if we just look at nature in itself, um, Mother Nature gives us all this beautiful nice. um, knowledge and, and wisdom and understanding of how the world works, how how math is, is symmetry and um, geometry, um, it can all be found there in the natural world. And yes, we may not be able to get our children out into these environments in order to um, experience it firsthand in the natural world. We can bring nature into the classroom. We can bring these experiences and allow the children to touch and feel and explore the leaves that they're counting and the cones, that the, the shape on the, the spirals and through the shells and the the pine cones and and so we can um, base our curriculum around nature we can actually um, infuse it and have these wonderful beautiful art experiences that allows the child to explore their own connection with these materials so they're forming relationships with nature they're forming materials with and forming relationships with the art materials Um, so they're beginning to express themselves creatively, their thoughts, their ideas, their emotions, um, but they're learning through this. And nature has this amazing way of inviting us to play, explore, experiment and create. And that's really what we want. We want to be able to base our learning on the play. The learning is through play, it's through the senses. And when we step outdoors into nature, all our senses are being stimulated. And it allows us to, um, for an example, and I know we can't, again, it's going back to being in an indoor environment and an outdoor environment. Now, say your classroom and your school is in an urban setting, but you have access to even just stepping outside. Um, it's concrete and it's, it is a concrete jungle, but you're still, as soon as you go outside, um, the light's forever changing and the, the, there's the air. So there's you're surrounded by the elements. So you're actually in connection with nature straight away. And so that it stimulates the child's um, experience. In an indoor environment, it's very static. It's very exhausting. I, the amount of times that I've been to schools and I go into the classroom and the children are exhausted. They're just so lethargic and so is the teacher. You know, and it's like, oh my goodness, open the windows if you can't get outside. Let the fresh air circulate. Let's get some movement. Let's get up and, and move and dance and, and move. But we weren't meant to sit around, you know, and just Absolutely. be these robots. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's also related to um, to giving more value uh, to nature and to art in uh, in the entire combination of. So uh, we can't keep saying that there is no room for art or there is no room for for nature art when we really show the value. And, and, and I think this is the role of leaders if they show uh, if they give value to these the way the same way they give this value to the core subjects of the mathematics and the English language arts and sciences and they have to record all those in those report cards and uh, and progress reports so this can be part it's 
when it's not uh, unintentionally neglected in a way just to give more room to, to other core subjects. So I think also uh, that uh, it's also the role of the leaders to, uh, to help teachers apply whatever you're saying. Yes, absolutely. Yes. It's, it's giving it value and it does have huge value. You know, a child needs to learn that they are part of the, their environment. They are part of nature and they are also a u- unique and beautiful individual, highly creative. Right. Um, and, and if they're not being allowed to, to express themselves creatively, they, they, it just becomes robotic. It just becomes a performance. We're just performing. The children are just performing. And that's not, that's not an education. That's, we, need to, we need to be able to nurture the, who the child is um, and that they are unique individuals. And I think it, it, school can be very, um, it, it doesn't focus on the individual child mm-hmm. and it's very structured yes. and it doesn't allow for that freedom of expression. Yes, that's what we're calling today. That's yeah. right. So your art creations, mainly those that incorporate construction and arrangements, can be applied in STEAM activities. And this is so interesting. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I mean, building straight away, when you think about um, going outdoors and building, say, a den or um, a a giant structure, we do lots of um, giant, we call them fairy houses, but they're 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 like a giant teepee, okay? So the child needs to, first of all, go and collect and hunt and gather. And we're natural hunters and gatherers. We evolve from nature. So that just feels so... um, natural to go and collect things I mean they just love doing that and that's getting them physically active as well and while they're touching and collecting and gathering they're connecting they're making that connection that they are part of nature they're touching they're feeling again it's that whole sensory experience they're learning through their senses and so they find the branches um, and the, the the large sticks. So they need to, here comes in the math, and they need to um, realize how many branches and sticks they'll actually need to make the structure. Um, they're going to be all different sizes, so we need large ones. So we're looking for a long length um, branches for the, the main structure, and then we're going to be building and using smaller branches. So they need to do measurements. So they're doing the math, they're measuring, there's construction, there's... Um, Uh, engineering engineering that's the word i was looking for engineering so we're looking at the stem right so there's there it's it's covering all of that we can also incorporate um architecture so it's a it's a home you know we're looking at a teepee structure who lived in the teepee so we're looking at culture so we're bringing culture we're bringing um history we're bringing um science and engineering and and they're they're working individually but they're also working in collaboration with each other and so they're just in one simple activity they're learning so much Um, and they're learning about themselves they're learning about their friends they're learning with their teacher they're learning they're they're forming relationships they're forming relationships with each other and the natural world and it's beautiful and this is very a very important point you just mentioned steam in particular it's not just a combination of science, mathematics, technology, engineering, and art. It is also about working together and collaborations because yes. this is how grand projects around the world were formed. 
So yes, this is, this is absolutely amazing. And I fully agree. And so this is what early childhood education is all about. We're setting this foundation. And unless it's a happy and healthy absolutely. and um, nurturing that whole child and foundation, there is going to be problems further on in life if we don't have that happy, healthy foundation. And it's nurturing that whole child. It's giving that space that... Um, for the, the body, the mind, the heart. And, the and assessment can be part of this. You can have a rubric and assess right. what they're doing. So that's why I always say we can always find uh, room to integrate all of these things. We, can, we can't always say, well, this is for nature school and this is for Montessori yeah. school. We can always no. integrate no. everything. Yes. Yeah. And I'd just like to say, I've made structures indoors as well. We can do that. We've made giant stick people, like seven foot stick people, um, yeah. huge big structures inside in school gyms, but we can do it in the classroom as well. And you know, the structures don't have to be large. We can bring um, all the natural materials and make them smaller structures. So they're like mini structures um, in the classroom. Um, and they work together, they're making these. We can even make tiny little homes for the fairy homes. So there's their imagination. The child is exploring their imagination. Who would live in these wee homes? Um, and then that leads to so many other beautiful journeys for the children. And it's play-based, right? It's play-based. Yes. We must remember about the play. And that sadly is, is not... It, 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 we need to trust in the play. It, it really is fundamental yes. way of how children learn. Absolutely. Uh, what also kind of catches my attention is you're saying always process over product. And I fully agree mm -hmm. with that. In today's mm -hmm. schools, textbook and test-oriented schools, learners are assessed and even classified based on the product. How can yeah. you explain the significance of the process? And I think we, we just mentioned some of this. And this yeah. is a very significant aspect of project-based learning. Yeah, oh, totally. Um, the process is where the, it gives it the most, the, the child gets the most joy and satisfaction from the process. It's right. the journey of discovery. Um, so say we're like making the, the, the structure. I mean, it's fantastic to see the structure at the end, but it's that process is fundamental to their joy, but also their learning. Um, let's say we're making something like... Um, uh, a mandala outside wow. or inside. In fact, let me let me give you an example of um, the a mandala inside. Um, and so we can't get out and get the leaves because it's snowing and it's freezing cold, and the leaves are all covered up in um, in the snow. So let's go inside and let's use what can we use inside? So we could use um, oranges and lemons. Uh, like I have it here just because it's right. just it's a multi Right. Well, it's easy and accessible. What we do is we peel them. So again, there's this wee risk of, of, of cutting through the, the, the actual peel, the skin of the lemon and the orange. And visualizing this because we're not, you're not seeing me. So visualizing how we, we're getting our scissors and we're cutting out leaf shapes with the, the skins. These are going to be our loose parts to make our mandala. Now, the mandala is the finished product, right? We're talking about the product, but it's the process. So straight away, the children are learning about um, the, the oranges and the lemons. The smell alone is just so invigorating. That makes our brains Fabulous. more active just by the, 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 scent, the, the scent of it is beautiful and it, 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 
is conducive to learning and, and being attentive, being able to listen to what if if there are instructions. And um, so they're they're playing and they're experimenting and exploring with this material that's quite new to them these skins and um, they're cutting so they're getting the motoring skills they're learning about shapes the shape of a leaf how does the leaf how does the what's the shape of the leaf like so we're cutting these um, pieces and it's not about getting an exact leaf shape it's just about cutting and it's there we it's there we leaf it may not even look like a leaf it might just be so jagged and so different but it's unique and it's theirs and they've created it and so then we start with a circle and then a circle within a circle and then there's just this beautiful journey of um, learning about shapes and how what a mandala actually means we're all a circle and um, that we're all in the circle of life and that we're all one um, and yet we're all Absolutely. unique and individual so there's this just this beautiful learning this holistic learning of about themselves about their experiences um, and and so the product we have this beautiful mandala at the end but it's that journey look at the journey that was involved in just getting there it's beautiful it's absolutely fantastic now that the process they're learning about themselves they're learning about the materials they're learning about their connection and um, with each other with the materials with um, the mandala with the whole story that was involved in that and that's just one example of the process of the product they can dance beautifully together i'll give you a quick example the stick person so they're making and they're going outside and they're they're hunting for their stick, their branch to be this little being, this character. They're making a character with their, their stick. And um, they own that stick, right? If you yeah. don't allow them to go and get the stick, the branch, it doesn't really mean anything to them. If they get to hunt and gather for that prod, that piece of material that they're work, going to be working with, they own they own it. They, they have a relationship with that already. Um, if we cannot get the children out to get their sticks, we bring the branches in, but we scatter them about so they can actually go and hunt for it, even if it's indoors. That's yeah. really important that they get, have that sense of belonging, okay? So they have their little stick. Now we could make it as simple as anything as just twittling a little face and they that's it, that's their little stick person. So they've had that journey. Or they can we can give them other materials that they can choose using their own imagination to make this beautiful stick person. It could be wool and yarn to give it a wee body, a coat, a jacket, and um, leaves, branches, anything, all lots of the different natural items that we can find in nature and indoors as well. So we're creating this little being. They've made that and they've had that beautiful process because it's been their creation, their imagination. It's been what they decided they wanted to use to make their wee being. Now they have this beautiful being. And what happens usually in a classroom is they've made the product and it just gets left because they've got to go on to something else. This is what frustrates me more than anything because right. they're not getting allowed to play with this product that we've just made. Let them play so that this play becomes storytelling. It becomes imaginative play. They're interacting with each other. They can do stories. They can do... They can write about it as well if they're old enough to write if they're not they can draw their little stories in a storybook just the, the possibilities of learning after they've made the product it's like this beautiful organic flow and that's what happens in our classes so much of product is just it's a it it what it is is it's just action it's just um being told following instructions to make this product and then oh we've made the product now we can put it aside 
because that's it completed and they get tested on that and whatever. This is not what it's about. It's about allowing them to have that beautiful creative process of expressing their ideas and thoughts and how they want their character and then allowing them to play and that flow on to storytelling and imaginative play and going off into making little dens and areas in the, in the classroom or outdoors for their little stick people. It's just beautiful. And it's not, it, it just doesn't get enough of that. We don't this, get enough. This is amazing what you just said, because, you know, throughout my years as a director, this is something that I really, really uh, did not like. Uh, when a project would be done and then it would just, put, would just be put aside, it's not used. I think That's again we are we are talking about the value of yes. the of, of the product that we that we make. Yes. And another thing is that here we are not focusing only on the objects that are purchased. Yes. We're not only focusing on the toys, and this is a, this is a real a concern, at least for me, because I'm also a mother and an educator, and I understand how it is uh, when we are always. Uh, looking forward to, to find those external uh, uh, things, those uh, external belongings. We, uh, and this mainly it's toys and children now are only satisfied with toys and lately they're yeah. satisfied with, uh, with apps, playing those yeah. video games. So we are uh, yeah. moving away and away from these natural products that are always available for us. This is but absolutely amazing. Well, this is about imagination. It's about, and that is being destroyed. That totally is because it's being taken away from them. They're not getting to use it. And if you don't use it, it does, you know, you have to keep using it. And I guess that's, yeah, that's my biggest thing is my greatest tool for sure is my imagination. Yes, this is, this is amazing. Uh, I am sure uh, we have special education teachers among our listeners. Uh, what can you tell them about your best moments and about your best strategies that you apply with those, I always say, adorable children? Yeah. Um, yes, it's very, it, 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 it's very different and it's very beautiful. And I think it's more, um, I think I get more out of it than anything. I think for me, I'm learning just as much as from those children as they do from me. I think it's a it's a beautiful dance. It, it truly is. Um, yeah, it's quite moving. Um, I work with um, several, but there's one child who's been coming to my classes uh, for three years now, and she has a very rare um, brain disorder where she can go into um, a, a seizure and for before she had um, a, before she had her um, operation her seizures were life-threatening so she could die at any at any um, at potentially from these seizures before she had her operation um, so even just being around her um, watching her the joy, the pure joy that she got from being out in nature, being free to explore and experience that natural world, to be who she needed to be, because most of her other activities that she needed to do was so structured and was so demanding and um, physically and emotionally. This allowed her just to be her, just, and, and that's what all children deserve, right? Um, and, so that that freedom allowed her just to be Elise and express her 
um, ideas and thoughts and emotions through all the different art um, processes and activities that we were involved in together. Um, and it was watching, it's just watching her, her utter joy. She never complains. You know, she has to deal with so much. And we're talking about resilience earlier. This child is incredible that what she has to go through and what she experiences and what the rest of her family obviously have to experience too um, is just humbling. And so just being able to be around her and see that joy um, flood through and blossom, you know, she blossoms in her creativity. Uh, Margarita, your project Male and Smile is truly impressive during COVID-19. Tell us more about it, please. Uh, okay, so when the, when we when we had to start wearing masks, um, and, and, and obviously for uh, serious reasons, um, it, did, it does cover our smile, right? And I know we can smile through our eyes and that's very important to be able to do that. But it really, it really, I, I just felt really sad that I couldn't see students' um, smiles. I couldn't see um, when I went out um, to do my shopping and whatever. I, I was just missing this humanness that we yeah. have. And, and part of the, the beauty of being human is to share that smile. It, it's the beginning of love um, sure. and it's, it's very powerful and very beautiful and I missed that. So I wanted to encourage people to send a smile. And I didn't want them to, and again, it's, it's getting away from technology. This was totally about not using technology. It was about going back to expressing ourselves um, through our own um, unique style. So creating a smile by drawing it, drawing it or painting it, or even um, as I got some of my students to do nature art once where they, they made the, the face um, with um, leaves and um, flowers um, to make their wow. smile. And then once making their smile to send it to somebody. There's so many people that are lonely right now. They're finding it, they're really struggling. Um, and to share a smile is the most beautiful, sacred thing to do. And it's a win-win situation because the person creating the smile is getting to be creative. Um, it's a beautiful journey to, to create a smile and be a smile. And when you smile, even if you're not feeling that happy, it makes you ha instantly, you feel better, you, you feel happier. Um, and it's contagious. So when you put this smile onto a piece of paper and put it in an envelope and post it to somebody, that receiver is going to feel so good. Um, you took this time to make this beautiful smile and here it is, they're opening it up and, and it's making them smile. So it's just this beautiful interaction between two people. And I, it, like, I just, my heart melted. We had this school um, and they, all the children created these smiles, put them in envelopes, and she marched them to the, they got to walk to the nearest post box, and all these children um, sending these and um, posting them in the mail was just such a joy for me to see. Um, so I, I encourage everybody to do this, to just um, create a smile, make a smile, um, paint it, draw it, sketch it, and, and we're not judging. This is so important about yes. art in, in early education, in all 
ages that we're not judging your art and there's no bad art these are happy beautiful smiles so it doesn't matter what it looks like it's yours it's yours alone it's your beautiful um image so popping it into an envelope sticking a stamp on and sending it to somebody we someone you love um that's maybe my 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 whole family are back in scotland so to send them smiles um wow. is just beautiful um, it doesn't have to be a loved one. It could be some, um, you know, you might have heard of um, the, the the elders who are in nursing homes and they're all alone. Um, send, get the children to send them smiles to these um, people who are lonely. That is going to make them um, happy opening up these smiles. And the thing about it, if you were just to, it's so easy just to take a photograph of a child and their smile and it gets sent and it's an email. That's not what this is about. I don't want that. I want the children to be involved in putting it in an envelope and sending it and understanding that it takes a while to get there. It's not instant like Instagram or an email. This takes time and effort. And we learn about, you know, with, with the older students, you can involve them. And, and what, what is a stamp? Where did it, how there's artists that are creating these beautiful images as a stamp right. so we learn the process wow. of a stamp the journey of how a stamp is made is fascinating and um, what is male what is um all of this experience you know so we can delve into the history of um, stamps and mail before technology and when the receiver has it they can stick it on the wall you know you if you've got a a a photograph, um, a, a, an email, you, you, you can't look at it all the time, right? You can have this beautiful smile on your fridge or on your wall so that when you pass it, you're smiling, it's making you feel good. It's just such a beautiful way to express ourselves and give joy and peace and and love to sharing the love, sharing wow. the love. That, that's full engagement, I guess. And even, yes. even educators need that, even teachers yeah. who have been going through so oh, much during yeah. the pandemic. Totally. And, you know, I feel for the educators and I know that so many of them want to bring this more holistic um, approach to education that they, they do. It's, 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 it's just finding ways and, and nature art can do that. It can be woven into the curriculum and make it a much more joyful journey. And it, if you make it a joyful journey for the children, learning should be joyful. And if it is, they'll want to return again and again. And that's what it should be. Yes, that, that, that's full engagement and full connection. Yes, yes. absolutely. Uh, coming to the last question uh, in this episode, when you speak about your mission, you say it is to return our children to Mother Earth and reawaken the awe and wonder in those of us who have forgotten. What have we forgotten? <laughs> oh, we've forgotten that we are part of nature, you know, that we're deeply rooted to the natural world and that we're highly creative, each and every one of us. Um, I feel there's this huge disconnection to um, the natural world. We see it as something we go to rather than we are part of. So it's 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 going back to um, who we are and, and looking at that question ourselves as, as teachers, what is our connection to the natural world? How do we feel about nature? And also asking ourselves and seeing ourselves as an artist, how, how can I become an artist? How can I share the arts with my students? Well, I need to 
I need to realize that I am an artist too. And I, ha I, ha I love working with educators who they come to me and they say, oh no, I haven't um, drawn since I was at school myself and I, I can't do it. I'm not an right. artist. And I go, no, you are. <laughs> you just need to um, believe that you are, right? You just need to spend some time doing it. And it's the same with nature. You know, they feel like, well, I, you know, I can't take the children outdoors. I don't understand about the trees and I'm not a biologist and all of this. And, it, and no, you don't have to be. You just need to have an appreciation and understanding of it. And you can only get that by spending time in it, with it, um, observing the trees, touching the trees, smelling the trees, immersing yourself in the natural world and again I know I'm going to hear people saying but you know we're not next to the woods or whatever one single tree you can have one single street in your city and um, at the end of your street go and visit that tree watch it observe it there's going to be birds there's going to be insects and um, there's so many learning opportunities just from one single tree. Well this is amazing and I, and I would love to add here a point that now that we are heading towards uh, technology in its fullest forms and COVID-19 mm -hmm. even uh, uh, left us no choice. So uh, with the lockdowns and online yeah. learning. Uh, so now I think I, I join my, my, uh, my voice to this call of bringing back balance again. So uh, yeah. we are not just uh, uh, brains that are functioning. And, and minds and hearts, we are also souls. And once we ensure that all this uh, cohesiveness is there, uh, yeah. this is the this is what will keep us uh, sustain sustainably uh, well throughout the te this technology uh, movement. Because uh, it, it's it's here. We cannot um, we cannot avoid it. It's very good. It's very helpful. Now we are communicating through technology, and this is amazing, actually. But yeah. uh, we cannot. But we it cannot only be the only medium of uh, communication between people because we were not born that way. We were not. That, we we have right. our, our souls and our hearts communicate uh, through through uh, our relationships, and these relationships cannot always occur through through technology and through screens. So I think. Uh, this is uh, what you have just said uh, is amazing about nature art. Um, and now, like I said, more than ever, we need to focus on maintaining balance and nourishing our inner voices. This yeah. is what I have always spoken about. And it's, it is an integral part of my approach and mission as well now. Um, it was such an incredible talk uh, with you, Marganita Hughes, nature art teacher and educator. Marganita and I have been working together on a project and we will surely meet again and share it uh, here with our <laughs> listeners. I would like to thank you from the depths of my heart to the depths of the British Columbia forest in which you spend your days <laughs> creating and living your life purpose. I can simply say you are truly blessed. I, thank you. I, I, I truly feel that I am incredibly blessed to have this freedom and um, this understanding of our, our deep-rooted connection with the natural world and, and bringing it to um, others um, is a joyful journey for sure, absolutely, through creative explorations. Thank you so much for joining me today, uh, Margarita. If you are a frequent listener to this podcast, you know that I always end my episodes with an open-ended question for all of us to ponder. 
And uh, today with our very special guest, I will leave this question to Margarita Hughes. Okay, so I, I kind of, uh, I'd like you to visualize this forest that you can all enter and experience. Um, like I was saying before, um, that we, we, we need to use our imagination and visualize a, a stronger and better um, future. And I think nature and the arts plays a huge part in that, like um, you said, um, that bringing that harmony and balance. And, and, and right now, because of technology is such a huge part of our lives, we need to balance that. So I, my question is, how, how do you build the bridge to get to that forest? It's what does that bridge look like and how are you going to manage to get um, the bridge built? And I was thinking uh, back to earlier in my career of bringing the nature art um, to uh, my community. And in order to reach others, um, I, I started doing pop-up nature art classes and that was um, taking them to the um, art galleries, um, popping up at the, the local library um, you asking the community members such as the farmers, the local farmers, we would do them on the farmland. Um, and so it's how would you visualize that bridge? How, are you, how can you get your community involved in order to create this bridge? And not waiting for, you know, it, it takes a long time to actually build and construct a bridge. So don't um, leave it until we're past COVID. Now is the time to think about and get into action about building that bridge. How do you build that bridge? How do you bring nature and um, the forest, the wonders of the natural world, that joy that the children need in their lives right now, that, that love and that beauty? Um, how do you bring that into the classroom? How do you build that bridge?